Welcome to How to Stop Wanting Him Back, a podcast on not just getting over your ex, but into yourself. I'm Claire, the Heartbreak Coach. Let's make what feels impossible possible. Hi, loves. Welcome to episode 10. Yes, I'm very excited and had to give it a little bit of a musical note that we've hit 10 episodes. I am beyond grateful to all of you who are tuning in for all of your amazing feedback. And I want to give a special shout out to my non-heartbroken listeners. I so appreciate your love and support. And I really appreciate that you all understand that, yes, I'm specifically talking about how to stop wanting him back and how to heal your heart, but that you're really understanding that it just is using the same mindset tools to whatever is going on in your life. So I know a few of you out there are struggling with your career. You're struggling in your current relationships, but you want to fix them and you want to make it work, or you're struggling with the relationship that you have with your body or your relationship with your health or your relationship with your mother or your relationship in a friendship that has been extra challenging. The same mindset tools can be applied. So I so appreciate you continuing to listen in and to apply those these same tools I'm offering into different areas of your life that aren't necessarily about romantic heartbreak. So without further ado, shoulda, woulda, coulda. I just have been there so many times where I have thought, oh, shoulda, woulda, coulda. I wish that I listened to my gut. I wish that I never gave him a second look. I wish that I listened to that woman who warned me that he was trouble. I wish I never went into that bar because then none of this ever would have happened. Anyone else out there relate? And I can honestly say I did an episode called Forgiveness Without an Apology. It was a couple of episodes ago, and I am always transparent with you guys. I definitely have not fully mastered the craft of forgiving without an apology, even though I definitely think I've come a long way. But I have definitely mastered not indulging the shoulda, woulda, coulda-ing complex. What the hell does that serve? Who does that serve? Nobody. We cannot rewind time, people. We can keep beating ourselves up in the present about our past, or we can forgive ourselves, take responsibility, make a better meaning out of what unfolded, look and shift our perspective on how the situation served us versus hurt us, and move the F on. Seriously, it is so indulgent in your mind drama to wish that you could reverse time, beat yourself up, beat him up in your brain, go over all the emails, the text messages, social media posts, contemplate if everything that unfolded was a lie, all the things. And I have been there, done that. So I'm not sitting here judging you or shaming you. I'm just telling you to knock it off so that you can clean up your present and move forward into your future, healed, happy, and whole, and know that your thoughts create your results. So if your thoughts are making you not 
feel healed in the moment about your last relationship, if your thoughts are beating yourself up about what you shoulda, coulda, woulda have done, then how do you expect to create the future of your desire, the relationship of your desire, the healed, whole, happy self that you desire to be? So if you have been following all of my episodes, you'll know that the reason why I became a heartbreak coach is because I was in a rock bottom relationship. I refer to it as my rock bottom relationship because it really was the rock bottom period of my life eight years ago. And I can honestly say I have not mastered forgiveness without an apology. You can go to that episode and hear my thoughts about that. But 100%, I can sit here today and say, I absolutely should have been in that relationship. And he absolutely should have done all the things that he did. We were doing a dance together to heal and grow and learn. I'm not quite so sure he grew and learned, but all I can worry about is myself. And I am so beyond grateful for that relationship. And there were a couple of years where I was reading self-help book after self-help book and meditating every day and just praying for a goddamn miracle to feel better. And I searched for therapist after therapist in New York City before I found my godsend therapist, Ashley Graber in LA. Message me for details if you are interested in connecting with her. And I remember authors saying and and spiritual teachers saying, oh my gosh, I went to so many yoga events and to hear spiritual teachers speak anything that I could hold on to to feel better. I was searching, you guys. I was desperate. I was skin and bone. And I'm not trying to paint this victim story, but just I was really at the lowest of the low. And I've never been on medication, but 100% looking back, I absolutely should have because I was just in the darkest of places. And I remember listening to teachers and authors say that they were so grateful that these really painful experiences happened because of them. They were invitations to wake up. And I said, 100%, I would not wish this on anyone. I do not want this. I don't want to be here. I don't want to be spending all of my time and energy trying to clean this bullshit up. I was so attached to my victim story. I didn't understand that I had healing to do. I had growth work to do what my part in that relationship was. And it took a long time for me to really clean myself up, heal that situation, and really fully come into my own and understand that I attracted him because of my very low self-esteem at the time, my lack of self-worth, which was really confusing to me because I had always been labeled as someone who was super confident. I was an actress coming out of the womb. I was very comfortable in social situations. I'm very outgoing, outspoken. I'm a spaz attack. So when I started to share my story about being in this really dark place. And when I started to really understand, I actually didn't love myself. I actually didn't have high self-esteem. I actually wasn't very confident. It was a big surprise to the people around me, not to my closer friends who were kind of doing the work before I was. They saw it very clearly. But I do think there were friends who 
kind of said, huh, I didn't realize that about you, Claire. Well, I didn't realize it about me either. And so a lot of therapy with the right therapist, again, Ashley Graber, she saved my life. And then eventually taking it through this coaching work, which is way more about the present and shifting our story about the past and using our minds to create our future in every single area of our lives. It's the most amazing work I've ever done, such transformative work. And I do not think that it is better than therapy. I just think it's all about what is the best work for you in the moment. Shoulda, woulda, coulda ing is really coming back full circle right now with a few of my clients who are in heartbreak right now. And it can go either way because on the one hand, you can beat yourself up saying, if maybe if I didn't behave this way, he wouldn't have left. Or on the flip side, if like if I hadn't behaved in a negative way, right? And then on the flip side, it could be if only I was as open as he was, because now that I've opened myself up, he's over it. And who's to say? We're never going to know. Ooh, maybe if you didn't show that little negative side or, oh, maybe if you were open right off the bat, it would be different. But I'm just a huge believer and I'm going to steal Byron Katie's quote, which I repeat probably in almost every episode that when you argue with reality, you suffer. Everything has unfolded exactly the way it was supposed to. And if it was supposed to go any other way, it would have. And I know for myself, I just said this to a client the other day who was questioning her negativity. And I said, you know what? I'm really proud of the woman I am. And I'm I'm single right now and out on the dating scene in LA. And I'm really proud of who I am. I love the way I show up in my intimate relationships. I love the way I show up on a first date. I'm really proud of who I am. I love who I am. I love what I do. I think that I am a compassionate person. I think I'm fun. I think I have a high level of emotional intelligence, all the things. I'm really proud of who I am. I also have a little bit of a fiery Irish side in me. I'm 100% Irish. For those of you who don't know, I'm a little bit stubborn and I can be a little hot-headed at times. Mm, some people would say it a lot of times. I think I've come a long way in not being as snappy or as fiery, but that's in me. And I'm just going to say it. I really like that part of me. I like being a fiery Irish woman. I like that I'm not going to take shit from anyone. I like that when really inappropriate men think that they can say things to me and get away with it, I'm not going to let them get away with it. And if a loved one is not being cool, I'm going to say it. I'm, I like that about me. Now, sometimes my loved ones don't like that about me. Sometimes the inappropriate men don't like that about me. I like that about me. And the truth of the matter is I have amazing friends. I have an amazing family. They may not like those aspects of me, but their love for me is totally unconditional, 100%. And my love for them is totally unconditional. There are parts of my loved ones. There are parts of my dearest friends that aren't my cup of tea. And I know there are parts of me. I'm a freaking outspoken life coach. So (laughs) my closest friends can read me well when they're telling me things. And I'm like, do you want friend thoughts or coach thoughts? But ultimately they're going to get whatever it is that I want to say. And they're like, oh, Claire, uh, I know it's annoying being friends with me at times. I love 
picturing Jamie, Amy, Heather, Aisha listening to this. These are my LA besties listening to this and just having a good chuckle because they're like, yep, yep. But they aren't going anywhere. They are not going anywhere. You better not go anywhere, you guys. And my point in saying all of this is that I really believe in my heart that the right man is going to love my fiery side. And I roll it at the same time. I have tons of clients. I have tons of close friends who are in amazing relationships who share with me their weak moments where they weren't their prettiest selves. I don't mean pretty in the physical form. I mean on the internal form where they lashed out and they've snapped at their partners or they've taken something out on their partners that had nothing to do with their partners, but they just snapped at them. Their partners don't go anywhere. So I would really invite you when you're beating yourself up for something that wasn't probably your best side. And then you're saying, if only I behaved in this way. I I recently had a friend say to me, you know, he never even got to see like my fullest, ugliest side. And he bounced by seeing me be a little bit more comfortable and a little bit more open with him. And I said, so if he hasn't even seen your ugliest side and he bounced, thank God he bounced now. And I know for me, when I sign up for my guy, yes, I'm I'm on the hunt for life partner. (laughs) I... I'm I'm ready to sign up for all of him. I know there aren't going to be parts of him that I'm 100% invested in or that I 100% love about him. And that's okay. That's what makes the world go around. That's what keeps us on our toes. That's what invites us for personal growth as independent people and as a couple. That is what I crave. So if I'm in the business of investing in a man who in my perception is definitely seen as flawed in certain areas, but I'm willing to love him unconditionally. I for sure believe that my Mr. Right is out there and ready to not like everything about me, but still 100% invest in me. And maybe he loves my fiery side and a part that I love about me, he's not that invested in. I don't know. But it's pointless to think that if you said or did something different, and I'm talking about the small stuff, you guys, if you were cheating on your ex profusely and he found out, then that's a different story. But I'm talking about, oh, I was snappy. I was cranky. I, you know, started talking about the future with him and he just totally changed. If only I didn't bring up the future so soon. All the things, right? Your person is not going to bounce because you opened the door about moving in or talking about kids or whatever it is. It also reminds me of a person, another situation where I was dating someone and I really, really liked him. And on date two, we, we were raised with different religions. And on date two, you know, he said, I always thought I wanted to marry a woman who was going to be my religion. But at this stage of my life, I know I'm just looking for the woman who makes me happy. So I was like, amazing, because we were hitting it off. I thought he was super cute and getting along. And as the weeks progressed, I was like, I really like this guy. And he really liked me. And one day he said, you know, I guess I should tell you, I really am looking to marry someone who's the same religion as me. Mic drop! (laughs) right? My heart sank. We were only relatively newly dating, but for me, 
I don't like people easily, but I can fall for people quickly. And I felt that that was the case for both of us. And I didn't know what to do. And I certainly said, can we rewind to date two? And he said, you know, I didn't even know we were actually on a date. I never thought someone like you would go for me. And I said, but okay, so even if you thought that it wasn't a date, why would you just say that out loud, period, if that wasn't your truth? So many of you listening might think, red flag, you should have run immediately, right? But I trusted this man. I knew he wasn't a narcissistic sociopath. I just, in my heart, wanted to hear him out and liked him enough and connected with him enough that I heard him out. And ultimately he said, you know what? I'm struggling. I've always wanted to, I've always had this vision and I always wanted to marry someone who's the same religion as me, but you are so different. And he was very flattering with, you know, explaining that he felt this emotional connection to me and physical connection in our conversations. And we were just so compatible in our lifestyles and, And he said, you know, Claire, I don't expect you to stay. You have every reason to go, but I'm asking if you could work through this with me. And I'm telling you all of this because I want to be honest with you, but I do really like you. And I hope that this is something we can navigate through together. Now, Mary Claire Burns pattern up until that point was to fight or flight. And so I really feel like the fighting has dissipated, but my desire to run was at the highest level. And I paused and I thought about it and went to my amazing therapist, Ashley. And I knew for me with that specific situation in that specific moment, and based on my experiences and the lessons that I wanted to rise to the occasion to that staying was absolutely the right thing for me. And Of course, it was very challenging because I felt this very strong connection and he was expressing very intense feelings to me, but ultimately his behavior was very hot and cold, which wouldn't be a surprise, right? Because the things that he had said were really contradictory. So ultimately the relationship didn't last and he did break it off with me. And I think from that moment on, I just was not in a space where I fully trusted that he was really invested and that he kind of had one foot in one foot out. I think that there were some other things going on. I don't think that I had the pedigree that was up to his Ivy League standards based on some things that he had said as I reflect back on that relationship. And ultimately, he told me the night that he broke up with me the night before he had been really struggling with something. And he said, you know, I really needed you to be my coach last night. And of course, my reaction was, well, last I checked, I was your girlfriend, not your coach, right? And the point of me telling you all of this is, of course, my amazing supportive sister friends and even my therapist who really has an excellent poker face kind of just said, what the F, right? And so would it have been easy for me to say, I should have just left when he told me that he needed me to be his religion if he was going to ever consider marrying me, right? I don't regret staying until the end when he pulled the plug. And I can't tell you how many people said, I wish you pulled the plug because ultimately I saw him like a year and a half later and I thought, thank God. I just didn't feel the attraction. I was just so turned off because of the way all the events had unfolded. And I think I had been a little bit blinded by our attraction and the good times. But with time and space, as I reflected back, 
oh, there were so many other things like he never called me his girlfriend, but then we showed up to a party with his friends and he started introducing me to the group as his girlfriend. I'm like, uh, did we have that conversation? It was such a bizarre relationship. And again, I wouldn't regret any of it. I learned so much from him. And that particular heartbreak inspired me to create the niche of heartbreak for my coaching business. So Maybe I wouldn't have had the courage to make my business about heartbreak coaching without that experience because, yes, my rock bottom relationship was eight years ago, but I was terrified to share that story. And then when the guy who needed me to be his coach broke up with me, I thought there are so many women out there who are going through shit like this. And I want to address how I move through this heartbreak with the world. Because I also think heartbreak brings around a lot of shame. He broke up with me. I was like, guys, I did a, I did a YouTube video and so many people watched it. I was just like, I am so hurt. I am shocked. I am in so much pain and I'm not going to stay quiet about it. And I wasn't looking for sympathy cards. I was simply saying I'm in this and I'm going to go through it consciously and I'm not going to numb it out with alcohol and I'm not going to scathe him. I'm just going to show up and learn the lesson. And I really did. And someone very close to me said, you know, why didn't you just run when he told you point blank? I know that I want to marry someone who is my religion. And I just said, I always want to run. And something in me told me that it is important to stay in the discomfort. So I'm glad I stayed as long as I did. Until this day, I still think he's a good person. I don't know where he's at or what he's up to now, but I think he was a very confused person. He told me that he had broken up with every single woman he had been to. Another great reason to run, right? He told me right off the bat, I've broken up with every single girl I've ever been with. Why would I think that I was going to be the one? The common denominator was him. Still, I'm so glad I stayed because you know what? Hopefully for him, he does settle down. Maybe he settled down right now and he's done the work on himself and he's healed his conflict with his push-pull behavior because it wasn't just about religion. There was totally other stuff at play there as well. And it also makes me think about how only at 38 today, as I speak, I have just really consciously healed my relationship with food and alcohol. I'm newly labeling myself as a moderate drinker. And as I reflect back, definitely in the five years that I've lived in L.A., I've dated some interesting dudes and I realized that any connection that I thought that I had that was like really deep and interesting and perhaps could have gone further always had a significant amount of alcohol involved. And so could I sit here today at 38 years old, a woman who wants to get married and have kids and go, oh, Claire, why didn't you heal this sooner? Then maybe you would have found your guy already and you could have this conscious, amazing relationship and you could be married with babies. Hell no. I was going to face the music with my relationship with alcohol when I decided. And I decided that over two months ago. And it is still a journey. It is still something I am navigating through. I'm so proud to say I have still stuck to my four drinks a week plan, which is significantly less than the average 12 to 15 I was probably drinking every week. And I'm really proud of that. I'm really excited as I embark on this dating journey, but there is no time like the present. 
So what are you shoulda, woulda, coulda-ing about with yourself? It's a waste of time, my loves. Sure, take responsibility for your part in the relationship. Take responsibility for your words. Take responsibility for your actions. Forgive yourself and decide in the present how you want to show up today in your relationships. How you want to show up today if it's your relationship with your body, with food, with alcohol, whatever it is, your business. The past is the past. It cannot be undone. And you are indulging so much confusion, so much mind drama that isn't going to get you anywhere. All the time that you're spending resisting your reality and trying to rewind time and fight and change everything that you said and did is time that could be spent creating what you want to create right here, right now, and for your future. Every decision, every experience, every relationship has led you to here. And here is 100% perfect. If you don't think so, I invite you to sit and to pause and to give yourself 20 reasons why where you are right here, right now is exactly where you are supposed to be. I 100% know that I am exactly where I am supposed to be in LA with my business. Yes, I am single and I embrace it and I am committed to finding my person and I don't get to decide the timeline. I don't get to rewind time and make different choices, nor do I care to. Tell me what it is that you want to shoulda, woulda, coulda on yourself and how you are going to transform that and really let it go. Every time your brain goes, oh, if only I didn't say no, I was absolutely supposed to and look for the reasons why you were supposed to and the lessons that you learned. If it wasn't for that guy who was all over the place about needing me to be his coach and had one foot in, one foot out about the religion and all the things, if it wasn't for him, maybe I never would have launched this business as a heartbreak coach. Most people think it's my rock bottom ex. My rock bottom ex made me do this work, but it was really that guy who inspired me. Hey, people are going through heartbreak all the time and dealing with confusing dudes all the time who aren't bad guys, but we allow ourselves to stay mired in those relationships with those guys, which ultimately ends up creating a lot of pain. And that's our work. That's not the ex's problem. Thank you so much for listening. You should have, would have, could have listened because you got to hear, couldn't resist. I hope that you will go over to iTunes and definitely give me five stars, five stars, five stars. (laughs) And I hope you have a great week. Lots of love until next time. Bye. Hey, love. If you're picking up what I'm throwing down and would like to deepen this work with me as your coach, go to clairetheheartbreakcoach.com forward slash work dash with dash me and apply for my six month one-on-one coaching program where we'll not only heal your heart, but take your entire life to the next level. I can't wait to read your application.